I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I've developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're reading Jeremiah chapters 7 through 9. This is the New King James Version of the podcast. The King James Version is also available. We talk about two-faced people in Jeremiah chapter 7, beginning with verse 1. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house, and proclaim there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah, who enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Do not trust in these lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, or walk after other gods to your hurt, then I will cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers for ever and ever. Behold, you trust in lying words and cannot profit. Will you steal, murder, commit adultery, swear falsely, burn incense to Baal, and walk after other gods whom you do not know, and then come and stand before me in this house which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered to do all these abominations? Has this house which is called by my name become a den of thieves in your eyes? Behold, I, even I, have seen it, says the Lord. But go now to my place, which was in Shiloh, where I set my name at the first, and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. And now, because you have done all these works, says the Lord, and I spoke to you, rising up early and speaking, but you did not hear, and I called you, but you did not answer, therefore I will do to the house which is called by my name, in which you trust, and to this place which I gave to you and your fathers, as I have done to Shiloh." And I will cast you out of my sight, as I have cast out all your brethren, the whole posterity of Ephraim. Therefore do not pray for this people, nor lift up a cry or prayer for them, nor make intercession to me, for I will not hear you. Do you not see what these do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? The children gather wood, the fathers kindle the fire, and the women knead dough to make cakes for the Queen of Heaven." And they pour out drink offerings to other gods, that they may provoke me to anger. Do they provoke me to anger, says the Lord? Do they not provoke themselves to the shame of their own faces? Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, my anger and my fury will be poured out on this place, on man and on beast, on the trees of the field and on the fruit of the ground, and it will burn and not be quenched. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Add your burnt offerings to your sacrifices, and eat meat. For I did not speak to your fathers, or command them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt, concerning burnt offerings or sacrifices. But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. 
Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but followed the counsels and the dictates of their evil hearts, and went backward and not forward. Since the day that our fathers came out of the land of Egypt until this day, I have even sent to you all my servants, the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them. Yet they did not obey or incline their ear, but followed the counsels and the dictates of their evil hearts, and went backward and not forward." Since the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt until this day, I have even sent to you all my servants the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them. Yet they did not obey me or incline their ear, but stiffened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Therefore you shall speak all these words to them, but they will not obey you. You shall also call to them, but they will not answer you. So you shall say to them, This is a nation that does not obey the voice of the Lord their God, nor receive correction. Truth has perished and has been cut off from their mouth. Jeremiah prophesied during the reigns of Josiah, Jehoahaz, Jehoiakim, Jehoiakim, and Zedekiah. After the death of Josiah in 609 B.C., there were no more God-fearing kings of Judah. This prophetic word was obviously given after Josiah's death, and that's a time when wickedness prevailed in Judah. Jeremiah emphasizes the evil that exists in the land of Judah and Jerusalem. They act like they've had a reverence toward God, but they're just as actively serving the false gods, making sacrifices to them as well. Yet they had a superstition about the temple itself, which Jeremiah addresses in verse 4 when he says, Do not trust in these lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. Well, apparently the people believed that God would not allow an enemy to come into Jerusalem and defile that temple. Incidentally, in verses 12 through 14, Jeremiah reminds them that the presence of the old tabernacle didn't prevent the destruction of Shiloh. That's in 1 Samuel chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, and Psalm 78, 60 through 64. Jeremiah then points out their history of disregard for the one true God. So here's the big question. Should Jeremiah pray for his people? No. God says in verse 16 that the people are so sinful in their disregard for God that they cannot have intercession without turning from their sin. Now, there is a lesson that we can learn. You really should not pray that God will reward bad conduct, should you? Now, there's something else that I think is really interesting about this chapter. Uh, Look at Chapter 7 here, verses 5 through 7. Here's what they say. Let's read them again. For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place or walk after other gods to your hurt, then I will cause you to dwell in this place in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Now, follow me closely on this issue. God had already declared a hundred or so years earlier through Isaiah's prophecy, and he said that Jerusalem would fall to the Babylonians because of Jerusalem's sin. Now, if you want to know more about that, read the notes on Isaiah chapter 39, or you can click on the link there. That being the case, here we find Jeremiah pleading with the people through prophecy on behalf of God to amend their ways And if they'll do that, after which God will cause you to dwell in this place forever and ever. Was Jeremiah's invitation legitimate? Well, of course it was. But God knows everything, and here's what God knew. 
God knew the people would reject that offer. However, let's not lose sight of the fact that they could have repented. It's just that God knew that they wouldn't. So let's understand, these Jews were two-timing God. On the one hand, they showed a token reverence toward God, but then they reverenced other gods as well, even the Queen of Heaven in verse 18. Who is this Queen of Heaven? Well, here's what Easton's Bible Dictionary has to say about the identity of the Queen of Heaven. Ashtoreth, the moon goddess of the Phoenicians, representing the passive principle in nature, their principal female deity, frequently associated with the name of Baal, the sun god, their chief male deity. These names often occur in the plural, Ashtaroth or Baalim, probably as indicating either different statues or different modifications of the deities. This deity is spoken of as Ashtaroth of the Zidonians. She was the Ishtar of the Akkadians and the Astarte of the Greeks. There was a temple of this goddess among the Philistines in the time of Saul. Under the name Ishtar, she was one of the great deities of the Assyrians. The Phoenicians called her Astarte. Solomon introduced the worship of this idol in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 33. Jezebel's 400 priests were probably employed in its service in 1 Kings 18, 19. And it was called the Queen of Heaven in Jeremiah chapter 44, verse 25. That's the end of the quote. Now, understand... God had no tolerance whatsoever for the spiritual adultery that Judah and Israel had committed. When everything is said and done and Judah has fallen, the reason for their fall is because they violated one commandment, the exclusive worship of the one true God. And there it is in verse 23 when it says, But this is what I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. However, we see in verses 24 through 26 that Israel had a history of declining to make Jehovah their exclusive God, all the way back to their release from Egypt. But God prepared Jeremiah for the eventual rejection of his message in verse 27 when it says, Therefore you shall speak all these words to them, but they will not obey you. You shall also call to them, but they will not answer you. Despite all of Jeremiah's warning, he knew from God that the people of Jerusalem would not be repenting. And then the unthinkable, beginning in verse 29. Verse 29, Cut off your hair and cast it away and take up a lamentation on the desolate heights, for the Lord has rejected and forsaken the generation of his wrath. For the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, says the Lord. They have set their abominations in the house which is called by my name to pollute it. And they have built the high places of Tophet, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire, which I did not command, nor did it come into my heart. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when it will no more be called Tophet, or the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. For they will bury in Tophet until there is no room. The corpses of this people will be food for the birds of the heaven and for the beast of the earth, and no one will frighten them away. Then I will cause to cease from the cities of Judah and from the streets of Jerusalem the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, for the land shall be desolate. At that time, says the Lord, they shall bring out the bones of the kings of Judah and the bones of its princes and the bones of the priest 
and the bones of the prophets and the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem out of their graves. They shall spread them before the sun and the moon and all the host of heaven which they have loved and which they have served, and after which they have walked, which they have sought, and which they have worshipped. They shall not be gathered nor buried. They shall be like refuse on the face of the earth. Then death shall be chosen rather than life by all the residue of those who remain of this evil family, who remain in all the places where I have driven them, says the Lord of hosts. Well, the Jews took pagan idols right into the temple of God in Jeremiah's day. As a result of this extreme wickedness, they would be slain in the valley of Hinnom. Now, here's what Easton's Bible Dictionary says about Hinnom. A deep, narrow ravine separating Mount Zion from the so-called Hill of Evil Council. It took its name from some ancient hero, the son of Hinnom. It is first mentioned in Joshua 15.8. It had been the place where the idolatrous Jews burned their children alive to Moloch and Baal. A particular part of the valley was called Tophet, or the fire stove, where the children were burned. After the exile, in order to show their abhorrence of the locality, the Jews made this valley the receptacle of the offal of the city, for the destruction of which a fire was, as is supposed, kept constantly burning there. But wait, there's more. When the Babylonians arrived, Jeremiah prophesied that they will exhume the bodies of their dead ancestors and throw them into the heap of bones in that valley for burning as well, being the ultimate humiliation. The Jews were particular about their remains after death. Remember Joseph's bones? They carried them to Canaan per Joseph's instructions prior to his death in Joshua 24:32, and mentioned again in Hebrews 11:22. The Valley of Hinnom would become a location of a great slaughter of the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem, when the Babylonians destroyed the city in 586 B.C. Another interesting aspect of Hinnom here is worth noting. There are three Greek words in the New Testament translated hell in the King James Version of Scripture. Hades is translated hell 11 times. Tartarao is translated hell only in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. And Gehenna is translated hell 12 times. The same is true for the New King James Version with one exception. Hades is transliterated from Greek to English and remains Hades in English as well. Now, here's what's interesting about this. Gehenna is the transliteration of Greek from Hebrew for valley, being the Hebrew ga, and henom. So, the Greek word Gehenna means valley of henom, as transliterated directly from the Hebrew. Therefore, the word translated hell half the time in the New Testament makes reference figuratively to the perpetually burning garbage dump in Judah that had at times been used to sacrifice their children to false gods. What a picture that is! Would it then be appropriate to say that hell is God's garbage dump for lost souls? Well, we have more on Judah's wickedness beginning in chapter 8, verses 4 through 17. Verse 4, Moreover, you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord, Will they fall and not rise? Will one turn away and not return? Why has this people slidden back, Jerusalem, in a perpetual backsliding? They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. I listened and heard, but they do not speak aright. No man repented of his wickedness, saying, What have I done? Everyone turned to his own course as the horse rushes into the battle. Even the stork in the heavens knows her appointed times, and the turtle dove, the swift, and the swallow. 
observe the time of their coming. But my people do not know the judgment of the Lord. How can you say we are wise and the law of the Lord is with us? Look, the false pen of the scribe certainly works falsehood. The wise men are ashamed. They are dismayed and taken. Behold, they have rejected the word of the Lord. So what wisdom do they have? Therefore, I will give their wives to others and their fields to those who will inherit them, because from the least even to the greatest, everyone is given to covetousness. From the prophet even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. For they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed, nor did they know how to blush. Therefore they shall fall among those who fall in the time of their punishment. They shall be cast down, says the Lord. I will surely consume them, says the Lord. No grape shall be on the vine, no figs on the fig tree, and the leaves shall fade, and the things I have given them shall pass away from them. Why do we sit still? Assemble yourselves, and let us enter the fortified cities, and let us be silent there. For the Lord our God has put us to silence, and given us water of gall to drink, because we have sinned against the Lord. We looked for peace, but no good came, and for a time of health, and there was trouble. The snorting of his horses was heard from Dan. The whole land trembled at the sound of the neighing of his strong ones, for they have come and devoured the land and all that is in it the city and those who dwell in it. For behold, I will send serpents among you, vipers which cannot be charmed, and they shall bite you, says the Lord. Well, after King Josiah of Judah, it had gotten increasingly wicked there. Jeremiah just can't say enough about how wicked they really were. And they aren't ashamed of their wickedness either. They seem almost proud of it. Jeremiah pours on the details of their impending judgment. Here's the story in a nutshell regarding those people in verse 5 when it says, Why has this people slidden back, Jerusalem, in a perpetual backsliding? They hold fast to deceit. They refuse to return. And then we see in Jeremiah chapter 8, verses 18 to 22, that Jeremiah is stricken with grief. Verse 18, I would comfort myself in sorrow. My heart is faint in me. Listen, the voice of the cry of the daughter of my people from a far country— is not the Lord in Zion? Is not her king in her? Why have they provoked me to anger with their carved images, with foreign idols? The harvest is past. The summer is ended, and we are not saved. For the hurt of the daughter of my people, I am hurt. I am mourning. Astonishment has taken hold of me. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no recovery for the health of the daughter of my people? Well, this confirms what we always knew. God hates idolatry. Now, here's the big question in verse 19. Why have they provoked me to anger with their carved images with foreign idols? Well, there's the deal breaker, idolatry and the worship of those gods that they represent. Jeremiah takes the news very hard in these verses. Notice verse 22. He says, Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is there no recovery for the health of the daughter of my people? The bomb referred to is the resin or gum of the storax tree. This bomb was famous for its medicinal value. Jeremiah knows that the spiritual bomb for the people is to turn back to God. Then in chapter 9, we have yet more doom and gloom. Verse 1, Oh, that my head were waters 
and my eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Oh, that I had in the wilderness a lodging place for travelers, that I might leave my people and go from them, for they are all adulterers, an assembly of treacherous men, and like their bow they have bent their tongues for lies. They are not valiant for the truth on the earth. They provoke from evil to evil, and they do not know me, says the Lord." Everyone take heed to his neighbor, and do not trust any brother, for every brother will utterly supplant, and every neighbor will walk with slanderers. Everyone will deceive his neighbor, and will not speak the truth. They have taught their tongue to speak lies. They weary themselves to commit iniquity. Your dwelling place is in the midst of deceit. Through deceit they refuse to know me, says the Lord. Therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will refine them and try them, for how shall I deal with the daughter of my people? Their tongue is an arrow shot out, it speaks deceit. One speaks peaceably to his neighbor with his mouth, but in his heart he lies in wait. Shall I not punish them for these things, says the Lord? Shall I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? I will take up a weeping and wailing for the mountains and for the dwelling places of the wilderness of lamentation." because they are burned up, so that no one can pass through. Nor can men hear the voice of the cattle, both the birds of the heavens and the beasts have fled, they are gone. I will make Jerusalem a heap of ruins, a den of jackals. I will make the cities of Judah desolate without an inhabitant. Who is the wise man who may understand this? And who is he to whom the mouth of the Lord has spoken, that he may declare it? Why does this land perish and burn up like a wilderness, so that no one can pass through? And the Lord said, Because they have forsaken my law which I set before them, and have not obeyed my voice, nor walked according to it. But they have walked according to the dictates of their own hearts, and after the bales which their fathers taught them. Therefore thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will feed them, this people, with wormwood, and give them water of gall to drink. I will scatter them also among the Gentiles, whom neither they nor their fathers have known, and I will send a sword after them until I have consumed them. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider and call for the mourning women, that they may come, and send for skillful wailing women, that they may come. Let them make haste and take up a wailing for us, that our eyes may run with tears, and our eyelids gush with water, for a voice of wailing is heard from Zion, how we are plundered. We are greatly ashamed, because we have forsaken the land, because we have been cast out of our dwellings. Yet hear the word of the Lord, O women, and let your ears receive the word of his mouth. Teach your daughters wailing, and every one her neighbor a lamentation. For death has come through our windows, has entered our palaces, to kill off the children no longer to be outside, and the young men no longer on the streets." Speak, thus says the Lord, even the carcasses of men shall fall as refuse on the open field, like cuttings after the harvester, and no one shall gather them, thus says the Lord. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glorifies glory in this, that he understands and knows me." that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will punish all who are circumcised with the uncircumcised. 
Egypt, Judah, Edom, the people of Ammon, Moab, and all who are in the farthest corners who dwell in the wilderness. For all these nations are uncircumcised, and all the house of Israel are uncircumcised in the heart. Well, here is another chapter of the same, and it's about destruction from God at the hands of the invading Babylonians, and that's because of Judah's rejection of God. Haven't we heard enough, you might say? Well, keep in mind, these passages were a series of standalone prophecies that were delivered over a period of, well, perhaps several years. Judah's spiritual condition did not change, so neither did the substance of the prophecies from Jeremiah to those wicked-acting people. So, do the people of Judah get a free pass on their rejection of God? No, they don't. Notice verse 9, it says, Shall I not punish them for these things, says the Lord? Shall I not avenge myself on such a nation as this? He goes on to say in verse 11, I will make Jerusalem a heap of ruins, a den of jackals. I will make the cities of Judah desolate without an inhabitant. Unrepentant disobedience against God, it has a price. And their deportation is seen in verse 16 when it says, I will scatter them also among the Gentiles. When Judah fell to the Babylonians, the influential Jews were deported 600 miles east over into Babylon. As a matter of fact, we have a list of those who were deported in 1 Chronicles chapter 9. Toward the end of this chapter, in verses 23 through 26, we see that righteousness is not a compliance issue, it's a heart issue. Jeremiah describes the God-rejecting Israelites who may practice the rite of circumcision, but without respect to a covenant with God, and that's no good. It's not even sufficient that Israel and Judah practice circumcision merely as an issue of compliance with tradition. It only really counts before God when it's done from the heart out of a love and respect for God. This reinforces a principle that we saw back in Genesis through Deuteronomy. And that principle is this. It's a heart thing. Virtually all the Israelites in the wilderness kept the law of Moses. Well, they were stoned to death if they refused to do so. But some kept the law from their hearts. These were those who were justified by faith, and that's a faith relationship with God. So through all the ages of men, including today, there are people who practice godly-looking rituals, but unless they're performing those out of a love and faith relationship with the one true God, those rituals are in vain. And that's the point Jeremiah is making right here in chapter 9. The circumcised of Judah and Jerusalem... They'll fall just like the uncircumcised of Edom and the children of Ammon and Moab. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton. 